Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. KIPP, for short, brings you an exclusive look at the nature of humanity as we interface with culture and society in and out of our relationship with God. It explores the unique and contrasting position of having a biblical worldview versus a secular or societal worldview. I will explore these topics using the powerful and dynamic tools of the didactic narrative, teaching a relevant truth through storytelling, biblical exposition, teaching Bible principles, and of course, real talk. My background scans a diversity of over 35 years of work in education, government, law, ministry, business development, and consulting, respectively. Each guest speaker will bring a variety of wisdom and insight to life topics and situations that we encounter on a daily basis. So all I need you to do now as listeners is to sit back and enjoy the podcast, spread the word about KIPP, the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I will be your host, Derek L. Calhoun. That's hashtag KIP, hashtag KIP. Help me to make KIP your favorite Friday podcast. Now, let's get started. Welcome, Kingdom Influencing Nation. Welcome to all of you who may be listening for the first, second, or third time. Uh, Thank you for being a part of this podcast. And thank you for sharing this, guys. Those of you who have been around a while, sharing this with your particular networks around the world. I see it growing slowly and steadily. Today's episode is on the topic of deception. Deception. And I just want uh, you to think about that term. Uh, How many of you you listening today have ever been deceived? How many of you can go back and, and think? I'll give you a time when many of us were deceived when we were in our adolescent years, our teenage years. And we found ourselves in a situation doing something because everybody was doing it. And even found ourselves in a confrontation with our parents or a parent or a guardian because we used that as a rationale for why we were doing what we were doing. We we justified our negative behavior because of the behavior of others. Uh, we uh, didn't understand that, A, our prefrontal cortex was not fully developed. That's the part of the brain that makes executive decisions. Uh, B, we didn't understand that uh, just because everybody's doing it does not make it right. And C, we had not developed uh, enough of, if you will, a backbone to be able to make decisions on our own. And even if those decisions were contrary to popular opinion, we would stand on those decisions. Now, I just said some things because some of us have passed our adolescent stages and yet we're still subject to the same type of manipulation, the same type of manipulation. And so I I call this the devil's well of pain and manipulation as a subtopic. Let me tell you what deception is. Deception is a sleight of hand. It is the art of misdirection. It is the use of clever thinking to disarm a person's normal mode of discernment or rationale. 
Clever thinkers cause a person to rationalize negative behavior by being close enough to that person to justify their negative behavior as normal. So we want to, uh, clever thinkers get close enough to you to manipulate you, if, if you will. So the deception then becomes the mode of operation used by manipulative people to create false environments in order to pursue selfishly motivated uh, selfishly motivated endgame that will result in severe pain to all people caught in this web of deceit. Uh, that's tough. But there are a lot of people in the world that are like that and some people don't even realize they're like that. They, they've grown up uh, in survival mode and in order to survive, they manipulate people in order to get things that they need to get accomplished. So watch this. Deception then produces lies, lust, covetousness, envy, and jealousy. It is the seat of both rebellion and witchcraft. The seat of rebellion and witchcraft. Rebellion against God. Deceit, lying. Remember when Jesus was walking the earth and he found one of the disciples and he said, there's no guile in you, there's no deceit in you. In other words, he was be a truthful and honest man. It is the ultimate aim of idolatry to destroy the person's relationship with God. The ultimate aim of idolatry to destroy a person's relationship with God. So uh, things start off as manipulating and, and the rebellion sets in. Rebellion is as witchcraft, is as the seed of, of witchcraft. And, and, and then people begin to uh, focus on uh, relationships that can become both toxic and idolatrous. And, and watch this. The reason I say that is because the person has to have enough influence on you in order to deceive you into doing things that are contrary to the will of God for your life. So it, it can ultimately be some kind of idolatrous relationship where you really look up to this person and really think this person has your best interests or it's your best friend. It can be anyone who has a close relationship with you can manipulate you. And so we have to be clear uh, that the only person that we need to love to that extent is God himself. The only person we need to be loyal to to that extent is God himself. It is God whom we must put our trust in. The Bible clearly states that we put our trust in no man. So then watch this. When people are deceived, they are manipulated into believing a lie over the truth. They compromise their value systems to fit into the model of being manipulated. They become societal pawns, allowing the sheer numbers of people who accept negative behavior as correct. So if everybody's doing it, then it becomes socially acceptable. In other words, even if it goes against the grain of your internal belief systems, when a person is deceived, they water down their belief system in order not to be ostracized by their friends or ostracized by their masses, by the masses, or ostracized by the people that they uh, idolize, all right? So we have to come to a place where there's singleness of heart as it relates to God and singleness of heart as it relates to his will for our lives. 
All right. So Matthew 7, 13 and 14 then helps us with this. It says, enter the narrow gate because the gate is wide. The way is spacious that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it. But the gate is narrow and the way is difficult that leads to life. And there are few who find it. That was Matthew 7, 13 to 14. And it literally gives us the understanding that um, the way to destruction is the broad way. It's the way that everybody's doing and everybody's going. I, I like to uh, reference uh, Warren Buffett here because he would say this. If everybody's doing it, he's going to do just the opposite. That's one of his investment strategies. If everybody's doing it, I'm going to do just the opposite. So if everyone's pulling out the market, I'm getting in the market. If everyone's getting in the market, I'm probably getting out. So you, you have to have your own mind. You have to, as my mother used to say to me, be your own person. But being your own person doesn't mean that you don't listen to anyone. It just means that when you know you're right, when you are verifiably right, according to scripture, according to the word and will of God, then you stand on it. Be your own person. So here we go. Case in point, the more people that believe the lie tends to justify the lie in today's society. In other words, the more people that believe it, the more validity the lie has. And then the lie becomes the truth, even against your better judgment and or your moral compass. How many times have we compromised in order to not offend people i want you to ask yourself some questions what kinds of things are going on in society right now that we are being told that we need to accept uh, or we need to believe in or or we need to dismiss our former practices to embrace these new practices. Think about that for a minute. I'm going to pause and just let you think. This type of deception is put into play through the spirit of manipulation. This manipulative spirit can be seen in the early stages of development in elementary age children. I mean, as early as elementary age children. Uh, this is a good age for the enemy to attack because the minds of children are pliable and acceptable. Moreover, it is the stage that people would justify the behavior of that child as being cute and sweet and harmless, when in all actuality, a negative seed is being planted into the hearts of that child. So uh, I'm going to use uh, my, one of my granddaughters as an example um, She'll get in the car and she'll say, oh, I'm so hungry today. <laughs> I, 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 I ate all my snacks today. I would love to have whatever restaurant she'd like to go to. And it's just one of those things. And I said to myself, how does a child begin at such an early age learning how to manipulate people? And uh, in her own way, she means no harm. But of course, I know better because I see the spirit behind what she's asking me to do. So watch this. As the children move up in age, you will begin to see the spirit of deception manifest in terms of peer pressure. Peer pressure assumes the role of negatively impacting the behavior of our children under 
the weight of societal norms. So it uses societal norms and it takes those societal norms and versus spiritual norms that represent the will of God. So it's what the world says versus what God says in short. In other words, yes, the Bible may say this and your parents may have taught you certain life guiding principles that are time tested, time tested principles. However, you listen to your so-called friends and buy into the world system that says the Bible is irrelevant and your parents need to catch up to the times. Here's a, it's a game. Manipulation is a game and the enemy's been using it ever since the beginning of time. Uh, manipulated uh, Eve and, and Adam and Eve and to sinning against God and eating of the, the tree that was forbidden them. Uh, manipulated uh, Cain into killing Abel, manipulated uh, Lot's wife into looking back and turning into a pillar of salt, and uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, uh, Sarai, uh, and Abraham, or, or at that time Abram, were manipulated in their minds uh, to uh, use Haggai as a gap filler, if you will. God had given them a promise that they would have a child. They decided to help God out a little bit. And Hagar had Ishmael instead of having Isaac. Uh, God promised him Isaac and not an Ishmael. Uh, we have to understand that the spirit of manipulation runs rampant through the world. And people are being manipulated uh, to do all kinds of things that they would not ordinarily do. So let's not close our eyes to this game. Uh, this game is, is shined up and retooled and repeatedly used in adulthood and as i've shared with you from the very beginning of time it's been used and retooled and used again and repurposed and used again and repurposed it's usually cloaked in accepted societal political norms and practices that promote the negative behavior of people as tolerable correct justifiable and therefore legal Okay? Hence, people who were walking in the principles of the kingdom of God are now overwhelmed by peer pressure, accepting society's rules of the acceptance of wrong as right and right as wrong. There's no defense against this exception except this. There's no defense for this deception except this one thing. And I want you to, to really begin to put this in your spirit. Powerful, patient, and persistent prayer. This is the bedrock of all of our relationships with God. And so we must pray against the spirit of manipulation. We must pray that God would guard our hearts, our minds, and our souls against the spirit of manipulation. We must pray for strength to stand and be strong. We must pray for the spirit of discernment. This will give you the spiritual eyes necessary to see through the world's deception. Here's a formal definition of the spirit or gift of discernment referred to in the Bible as discerning of spirits. And you'll find this in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11. Uh, but you'll find discerning of spirits, the ability to know when a spirit is of man and when a spirit is of God. And you want to be able to discern between the two unless we become 
deceived, okay? So the gift of discernment of spirits is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It is given by the Holy Spirit to profit God's kingdom. This rare gift will enable a believer to have a better understanding of any matter beyond our literal senses. So I'll give you an example. Second uh, Corinthians 6, 15 to 17. There was a hit. I'm giving you the uh, modern version, but a hit put out on Elisha because he had all of the information pertaining to the Syrians. The Syrian king didn't know how all of his plans were being thwarted and how the Israelites knew everything that uh, the Syrians were doing before they did it. He thought he had a spy in the camp, when in all actuality, God had given um, Elijah a special gift to be able to see into uh, their lives and then uh, pass that information on to the Israelites. So watch this. Uh, upon figuring out that it was Elijah that was doing this, he put the hit out on Elijah and an entire army came to carry out that hit. So here we go. 2 Corinthians 6, 15-17 And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army, the army of the Syrians, surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, talking about Elijah, what shall we do? So Elijah answered him, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now, of course, the servant could not see this. And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountains was full of horses and chariots of fire around Elisha. So in other words, there was a Syrian army there in the natural realm that uh, the servant could clearly see. But when Elijah prayed for him, and his eyes were open. He, his spirit of discernment was open. He was able to see in the spirit realm and see that there was also an army of, of horses and chariots sent from the Lord to defend him against the army of the Syrians. Hence, the scripture declares that no weapon that's formed against us shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against us in condemnation shall be condemned. This is the heritage of the saints. All right. So you may also want to pray for the ability to be steadfast. This is another thing that I want you to pray for. That's the ability to stand strong in the midst of whatever's going on in your life. You just stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord. All right. First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight, New King James Version says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So don't stop working for God. Don't stop uh, doing the things that you know that God have called you to do because the world is is chaotic and going uh, to hell in a handbasket. That that's that's not the way that we need to operate. We need to continue to pray. We need to continue to seek the face of God. And we need to continue to do the work of the kingdom so that we can win as many souls to Christ as we possibly can. So watch this, 1 Corinthians 15 and 58, the same scripture reading in the Message Bible. With all this going for us, my dear, dear friends, stand your ground and don't hold back. 
throw yourselves into the work of the master, confident that nothing you do for him is a waste of time or effort. It may seem that way, but it's not. We need to remember to trust in the Lord, lean not into our own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct our paths. And that's concerning raising our children, that's concerning our finances, that's concerning our marriage, that's concerning of our ministries, that's concerning of our jobs and employment, the going to school. Everything you can think about right now, we need to stand with God and believe God for the success of that thing, but also not being not conformed to this world but being transformed by the renewing of our minds that we may prove what is that good, perfect, and acceptable will of the Father. Stand. Be steadfast, guys. Do not allow the things of the world to detour you from living for God. So the bottom line is you must be prepared to stand alone in these last days. Trust God no matter what you see. Know that God is not a man that he should lie, neither is he the son of man that he needs to repent. Believe God against all odds. If everybody, my mother used to say this, it's kind of funny. If everybody sticks a stick of dynamite in their behind and jumps off a bridge, does that mean you're going to do it? All right? Read the Bible. Know the scripture for yourself. Pray for the spirit of discernment. Be able to see through people and see which, which voice they speak from. Do they speak from the voice of God or the voice of the enemy? Listen, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. We've talked today about deception. Do not be deceived. I hope to hear uh, your commentary. I want you to start following me, and I want to put this out here on Facebook. We'll start with Facebook at Derek L. Calhoun on uh, Facebook. And uh, if you have any comments or see anything you'd like to share, that'd be a good great platform to uh, share it. Uh, I'm sure you'll be able to instant message me and uh, make sure that you put in the comment Kingdom Influencing uh, Podcast so I'll know that it's you. Alright, I want you to have a wonderful wonderful week. Until next week, remember Kip, K-I-P Hashtag Kip, K-I-P The Kingdom Influencing Podcast Share with your friends. We will see you next week. God bless.